This is the Ball Talk Podcast, presented by Nachos and Analysis. What's going on, Tiger fans? Today is Thursday, February 9th, and if you're listening to this as this podcast drops, it's opening day for Clemson softball, and they're in full swing as we speak. I'm your host, Drew Archer, and this is the Ball Talk Podcast presented by Nachos and Analysis. Uh, Welcome in for a second episode. I want to start off by... And I just did what I told myself I wasn't going to do. We'll just start with some housekeeping real quick. When I listened back to last week's episode, I had noticed that I went like 30 times. So I apologize to you, the listener, for that. So y'all hold me accountable to this. I'm going to try to keep the the lip smacking to a minimum. Uh, I hope we don't get to the point where y'all are giving... I'm on a pitch count when it comes to that kind of thing. So... Um, I do apologize for that listening back. I did not enjoy listening to that myself. So, um, sorry about that. And then also, uh, I also, and I called myself out of, uh, out about it mid recording of if I remember correctly, I'm also going to watch out with, with that statement there, but, uh, enough about that. Welcome into episode two. Uh, I want to start by, by shouting out, uh, y'all the listener. Uh, y'all came out in a big way. This was a big uh, first episode for us. It, uh, in comparison to the college football show, um, this one did numbies. Uh, we did uh, really, really well uh, with the with the podcast uh, downloads and views on YouTube and that kind of stuff. So, shout out to you and thank you, the listener, for joining us. I hope you're joining me again for a second week. So, um, yeah. A really great first episode. Uh, again, thank you to Coach Backage for coming on with that. Um, I, I don't know that there was a better way we could have started off a new podcast. So, um, week two, I mentioned, and I just did the lip smack thing again, dadgummit. Um, bear with me. Week two, I know I mentioned last week that we were going to have Tyler Corbett on, and I'm not about to, to Pull the rug out from underneath you. We're still having Tyler Corbett on, but with week two, episode two, we're going to have two guests. Um, I was working with the athletic department uh, for probably a month at this point and was not able to get things settled until just last week. But uh, we have Coach Rittman joining us, head softball coach today as well. So uh, not only do we have Tyler Corbett, we have head coach uh, Rittman joining us as well. So a uh, big episode two. Um, this is an exciting episode because we actually are previewing softball. As as this podcast is airing, the Tigers are in Florida at the uh, Florida International Tournament playing FIU. This podcast should be dropping at 7 p.m. The game first pitch was at 5.30. So hopefully by the time a lot of y'all are listening to this, um, the Tigers have a win under their belt. So we're going to kind of preview what is going on with the, the softball team this weekend. They're in a, uh, a tournament. And then, um, yeah, so let's, do, let's, let's just take a look before I get ahead of myself. What are we doing today? We're going to kind of do a little bit of housekeeping. We're going to talk softball. 
We're going to talk some real games. Uh, they had the orange and purple game. Uh, the scrimmage that was open to the public this past weekend, and it was packed out there. Uh, I imagine many of you got a chance to go to that. Like I mentioned at the top, Coach Ripman is joining us. Then we'll do this week's poll of the week, which is, what is your favorite Clemson baseball hat? Um, and I kind of messed myself up here because let me just pull up Twitter. Um, it wasn't a true poll because I didn't use the poll function on, on Twitter. But uh, I just basically created a graphic with all six of the, the current hats that the Tigers are wearing. And I, and I say current because me and uh, – uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Grayson gotten a little back and forth about a particular hat that the Tigers have not worn in a while. But I did uh, post a graphic. You voted A, B, C, D, uh, E, or F. And I'll just, uh, I don't know if this is good podcasting or not. I'm going to hold the, the graphic up to the phone. Maybe you can see that. Maybe you can't there. Uh, we got the all purple, the pinwheel, the Sunday sweep hats, the white hat with purple bill, the camo military appreciation hats, the classic purple with orange bill, and then the all orange. So we'll break that down. And as I said, I kind of screwed myself on this because I didn't do a real poll that tallies the information for me. Um, this, and there we went with the lip smack again. Um, I'm going to need y'all to do something to help keep me accountable for this. I swear I did not do that not one time during the college football show. Anyways. I screwed myself because this is not a legit poll and I have no way to really calculate it unless I want to spend 30 minutes counting these, but I can give you, give you a general idea. This, uh, this poll did a, uh, 33,000 impressions with a lot of contributions from y'all, the listener and, and people on Twitter. So, um, thank you to everyone who voted and we'll kind of break the, the results of that down here in a minute. Um, then we're going to talk some baseball. Uh, one more week, and then the baseball season will be in full swing as well. They're going to be um, uh, hosting Binghampton next weekend. We'll kind of talk about that. Then we'll speak with Tyler Corbett before we wrap things up today. One other housekeeping thing before we kind of jump into softball. I didn't hold up my end of the bargain last week. I uh, said I wanted 30-minute episodes. When I finished recording, it was like at 34 minutes. Not only for me to just forget that, oh, I had an interview with Coach Backage that I had to insert into there. So I did it again. Um, so it went a little long. It was almost 50 minutes. This week, I'm going to try to try to blow through this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe 30 minutes are not attainable, especially when I'm having two guests this week. Uh, but we'll see. Before we get into softball, Clemson had a big weekend last weekend. The baseball team kicked it off at 11 o'clock Saturday morning uh, with a uh, inter-squad scrimmage. They had scrimmages Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and then the softball team did their orange and purple game that was open for the public. And if you were in Clemson at all on, on Saturday, then uh, there were traffic – Parking was was a nightmare because then also the basketball team hosted number 23 Miami at Little John Coliseum. Tigers ultimately ended up losing that game, lost their first game at home, back-to-back uh, -back losses. Uh, but I told myself I'm not getting invested with basketball this year. So that's, that's all the basketball talk we're doing here. Uh, all that to say, it was a fun weekend. It was a fun Saturday. 
in, in Clemson. Uh, the SO Club was packed. It was shoulder to shoulder. There were grown men like cowering in corners just with a ch chicken finger basket. Um, you, you couldn't find a seat. You could barely walk to the bathroom. So uh, it felt like a, a Saturday in the fall with, with all these people dressed in orange hanging out there at the SO Club. It was a, it was a good weekend. So this weekend, however, about to be even bigger with the ladies kicking it off here on Thursday. Uh, let's do a little softball preview. So, like we said, the Tigers open the season as this episode is dropping against FIU. Uh, the Tigers open as a top 10 team by all three major polls. They're ninth and by D1 softball and 10th by the other two. Uh, this season, Clemson's facing 10 opponents over 18 games that finished in the NCAA RPI Top 50 and 17 opponents over 36 games that finished in the NCAA RPI Top 100. So uh, the, the ladies there, they don't have no soft schedule. They're playing some, some legit teams here. Uh, the weekend schedule um, with, this, with this FIU tournament, the, the three teams involved, or the four teams, FIU, Clemson, Georgia State, and Kansas City, which, if I'm being totally honest, I never heard of Kansas City. And then when I looked up the, their, their logo for a graphic and it, their, their mascot is a kangaroo, I was got a kick out of that one. But those other three teams, FIU, Georgia State, Kansas City, they all combined last season for 53 wins. So between the three programs, 53 combined wins. Clemson on its own last year, 42 wins. Um, all that to say Clemson should be, is the far superior program and should uh, win this tournament. Um, we talked last, last week about expectations. Uh, the Tigers have, have built, uh, they've taken a step each year and year four. Uh, you look for the Tigers to continue that. So Thursday at 530, they're, they're facing FIU. They finished 19 and 31 last year, 5 and 19 in conference. Then Friday, they'll play Georgia State at 3 o'clock. Uh, Georgia State, a little bit better record, 21 and 33 last season. And then Saturday, they'll face Kansas City bright and early, 10 a.m. Uh, they finished 13 and 34 last year. That leaves the, the latter half of Saturday and Sunday for everything to shake out with who wins what game and that kind of stuff. So you have, you could have a one versus four, two versus three and, and, and all that stuff. So depending on how those first three games shake out will determine what time and who the Tigers face. And then uh, the midweek game, their first midweek game of the season is close to home, but is not at McWhorter Stadium. They're facing Furman at 5 p.m. Tuesday. And the Paladins finished last season 22 and 33 so a busy first week you could potentially have let's see one two three four five six games week one before you ever even come to McWhorter Stadium and play your first game so um, really looking forward to especially with with no no sports you have the Super Bowl this weekend obviously and that's going to take a lot of people's uh, attention but looking forward to spending some time watching some softball. It's been far too long. Um, like I mentioned, the orange and purple game was packed. I tried to go online and find some official numbers, but I wouldn't say that every seat was filled. 
but with the amount of people on the berm in the outfield out there, you could fill every seat. There was a lot of people out there, a lot of families. As I was leaving Doug Kingsmore on Saturday, you, you saw tons of people out there. So, And that's the quality of, of the fan base here at Clemson. Since since uh, this, this softball program has been around, the fans have showed up and they have supported this team. A couple preseason honors. Uh, Clemson has three all-ACC Te- uh, preseason team members Valerie Cagle, Mackenzie Clark, and Aaliyah Logaleo. All three were also all ACC selections following last season. So the the voters anticipate these three to pick right back up where they left off. Then next week, kind of jumping ahead just a little bit, the Tigers host a uh, the ACC Big Ten tournament. The Tigers will face Northwestern, Ohio State, uh, but it's also opening weekend of baseball. So that's going to be another huge weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're not going to be able to find parking in and around that area because there's going to be so many people out there. So really looking forward to that. I personally always take that first Friday off where it's opening day for baseball and there's a softball game usually going on a little bit, a few hours beforehand. So really looking forward to spending the day out there. If it's any indication uh, what the weather's been like here lately, it may be a little cool, but it looks like we should have blue skies and should be a great day to, to take in some baseball and softball. All right, as I promised, Coach Rittman, he was uh, gracious enough to spend a little bit of time with me last week. I've uh, been working to try to get him on for a month now and then randomly was reached out to like, hey, he can do it today at 5.30, can you? So I had to kind of piece it together i will say there are a couple spots where there's some audio issues there was either some issues with with internet on his or my end not really sure but overall the interview came out really really well so without further ado here's coach rittman today we're joined by head clemson softball coach john rittman thanks for joining me today coach yeah drew thanks for having me on uh really appreciate it look forward to uh talking to you about clemson softball Absolutely. So uh, this episode is going to actually air next week on the 9th, the day of y'all's first game. So y'all will be in uh, full swing when this episode drops. Uh, after the strides that this program made last last year, especially with that postseason run, uh, what are you most looking forward to about uh, getting the year going with uh, team number four? Well, certainly there's a lot of anticipation and excitement around this season and, and – uh... Our team has really worked hard in preparation for uh, for a great year, and and uh, you know you never know what you're going to get out of a, a new year. But uh, we want to build off of last year's success, and one of our main mantras is to kind of take that next step. And and to do that, we got to get off to a good start. But uh, we've got a lot of experience on our ball club, um, you know, and and uh, like I said, they've been working really hard and. And just looking forward to the start of a, another great year. So you start the season on the road, but I want to touch on uh, uh, the home field environment there at McWhorter Stadium. Last year, I was able to attend the the matchup with Auburn there in the regional. And if I'm being totally honest, that was probably the best environment of any Clemson sporting event I've been to in a while on campus. Uh, it was exciting. My brother is a graduate of both Clemson and Auburn, so he and I got to go experience that together. But um how does uh how do the fans have have an impact on on a game like that and uh 
how much do you miss it when you're away from home? Well, you know, it's definitely tough to play on the road, but playing in front of our home fans, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, this community, our fan base have, has been behind softball since we started the such a blessing to play in, in front of fans that uh, are so supportive. They understand the game. And, and I think as you know, the program has grown, our fan base has grown. And, and that was very evident last year in the Auburn series or the Auburn game in, in our regional series at the end of the year. And, you know, it was great. That was a great environment. Uh, it was a pitcher's duel. Um, you know, we, we finally got a ball to fall in left field and scored a run. And uh, Valerie pitched a Valerie Cagle pitched a tremendous game and, and uh, they put pressure on her a couple of times in that ball game and, and uh, had a couple of opportunities that she pitched out of. I do remember Abby Vieira just making a tremendous save on a rise ball that, that very easily could have been a wild pitch and, and uh, that, that probably saved the game for us right there. But um, the environment was second to none. The weather was outstanding. The fan base just totally into the game. And then, then our team performed. So, you know, as a coach, it's, uh, it's certainly something to be proud of, to see the growth of the, the program and to see how far we've come in a short amount of time. I happened to be driving by McWhorter Stadium the other day, and it, it looks like there's some some renovations out there to right field. Is that going to be some more standing room only uh, uh, capacity out there? Yeah, Drew, they are uh, building a, a new berm. Uh, it, it'll pretty much match the left field berm. So um, an opportunity for us to get more fans in the ballpark. Um, hate turning people away. So I think our, our goal is this year, You can get a ticket, and uh, I know our ticketing office has been working really hard on on uh, single game tickets and holding some of those for the for the public. But uh, the season ticket uh, fan base has just been outstanding, and and the berms going to help, you know, help people get in to watch us play. Absolutely. So um, each season so far in your program, y'all have taken a step forward, accomplished a little bit more than the the previous year. Uh, Coach Sweeney is known for having his kind of set goals from year to year. Um, do you have the same goals going from season to season or they, they vary each year uh, or, or what are your goals heading into this year? Yeah. So, you know, our, uh, our goals are really performance-based goals. You know, we don't get too caught up in the outcome. Um, and, and really it's about, you know, prepping ourselves to, to, to really stay true to our core values. And, um, you know, one of our core values is being a team, working together as a team, um, being a close-knit family. And, uh, you know, with that, I think, comes the opportunity for our players to feed off of each other. Um, we're a really close group. And, and uh, so when we sit down and talk about, you know, really what's, what's our – end goal for the season it's all about taking care of the little things during uh the fall and and preparation for the season um january and february and and i about our practice goals and and things that we can do day to day to get better and um you know obviously each player has their individual um goals and and 
you know, when, when we look at the obviously changed from year to year. And uh, when you have success um, early on, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a little bit tougher to take that next step. Um, but that's one of our main objectives this year as a team is to take that next step, which means getting out of the super regional and making it to a college world series. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned Valerie Cagle earlier. What does having two reliable veteran pitchers in, in Millie Thompson and Valerie Cagle mean for, for a program like this? Well, you know, it makes coaching a little bit easier when they're both healthy and in the circle because they're, they're both truly uh, phenomenal competitors. Um, they're both a little different in how they do things. Um, they complement each other really well. Um, you can face Valerie's uh, power pitcher with a lot of movement, great off speed. And then Millie, who's a little bit more crafty um, with a great change up, um, you know, and, and really uh, both are just, you know, they, they, they're just such tough competitors in the circle. And I think our team feeds off of that, but we do have a pitching staff, you know, Reagan Spencer's gotten a lot of innings for us. Brooke McCubbin got some innings last year and they've both improved and, um, you know, we're looking for our entire pitching staff to contribute, but Valerie and, and Millie are certainly our, our two go-tos. And, um, you know, like I said, it makes coaching a lot easier when you have two studs like that in the circle. I'm sure. And I uh, wanted to get one more question uh, for you before I let you go. Um, who, what young players uh, can, can the fans kind of expect to see make an impact that they're not used to hearing from this season? Well, you know, we have a couple of players that have been in our program for, uh, you know, for a little while now that uh, have been role players that uh, we're looking to step up. One is Ariel Oda. You know, she was a uh, key fixture in our lineup last year as a defensive replacement for Marissa Gambarda at times, um, a pinch hitter, a pinch runner. Um, by the end of the year, she had worked her way into being our starting right fielder, you know, so Ariel's another uh, a player that's worked extremely hard in her career, and she's going to get a lot of opportunities early this season. Um, we have a true freshman, Marina Knowles, who's shown signs of, of improvement and making the transition um, to play at the college level. Uh, Madison May is another one who's, who's uh, at times really hit the ball well and played solid defense. She was in and out of the lineup last year. She's had a great uh, winter so far and, and, a, and a good fall. Kaya Keller's another one. They're kind of battling for that position at first base. And, you know, certainly Valerie plays first when she's not pitching. But those are some players to look for. Uh, we have a new pinch runner coming off the bench. So we play Carly Shannon. Her name's Julie Baumhart. So we're looking for her to uh, to kind of fill that role. But we have uh, not necessarily young players, but we have uh, three new graduate transfers in our program. Reedy Davenport, an infielder from Florida Gulf Coast University. And, and Allie Mecklish is a uh, grad student outfielder from the University of Wisconsin. And Caroline Jacobson, another grad transfer from Duke, who, who should be in our lineup uh, to start the season. And they've uh, really filled some holes for us, all three pretty dynamic players, and uh, look forward to them contributing this year. And one other quick one, the the early success that, that y'all have had, uh, does that – help with with recruiting some of these graduate transfers uh to to get them on campus 
Oh, definitely. You know, I think the success of our program, um, you know, has attracted recruits out of high school. It's definitely attracted uh, kids on the transfer portal. You know, last two years, we've, we've gone after the graduate transfer. You know, last year we had Sam Russ, a graduate transfer from North Carolina State, who uh, made Casida academic All-American for us last year. It was a, a big threat on the bases. And, um, you know, this year's no different. We, we looked at the, the portal and got three experienced grad transfers to help fill some holes for us. And, um, but yeah, the success of the program, you know, the cliche success breeds success, you know, it's, it's definitely helping in the recruiting process. Well, coach, I appreciate you joining me and, uh, Good luck to your team uh, this season. I look forward to getting back out there to watch y'all uh, play. Hey, Drew, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thanks to Coach Rittman for joining the show. Again, sorry about those audio issues. But before we move on to baseball, let's talk a little poll of the week. The last two weeks, this week and the last, has been kind of focused on uniforms. Uh, like we mentioned, Clemson baseball and their fans are passionate about what the Tigers wear. So this week's poll was what Clemson hat is your favorite? And again, thank you to everybody who got in and voted and contributed. Uh, over 30-some thousand impressions, a lot of conversation back and forth. Had some former players uh, get in on the action. And uh, yeah, this was, a, this was a passionate one. The options are all purple. The pinwheel hats, the newest ones in the bunch. The Sunday sweep hats, the white with the purple bill. You have your camo with orange bill, the military appreciation day, day hat. Uh, the classic purple with orange bill. And then the all orange. So there was a lot, like I said, discussion in, in, the, in the comment section of this tweet where this was going on. And uh, there were some disagreements. There were some people kind of back and forth. The general consensus, like I said, there was so many people commenting and retweeting and quote retweeting that it was hard for me to kind of follow. But the general gist, the purple hat with the orange bill tends to be everyone's favorite, followed by your all orange and your sweep hats. So, And that goes a little different than my personal favorites, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, I really I love the Sunday sweep hats. That's always been my go-to, my favorite one probably followed by the all purple, then the all orange, the one I'm wearing right here right now if you're watching on YouTube, and then the purple with the orange bill, camo, and then the the pinwheels hat last. I'm not really a huge fan of the pinwheel hat personally, um, but that's, that's one cool thing. I, I think I mentioned, or Coach Backich, when we interviewed him back over the summer when he had just been hired, I kind of asked him about his favorite Clemson kind of combination and, and he referenced, like, this is the first time in a very long time that I think he had more than one hat. If Unless I'm just completely wrong, Michigan might only have one hat that they wear the whole year. So at Clemson, he kind of got some options there. But the classic purple hat with the orange bill that you see the Tigers wear so often, the ones that they wore for, uh, I believe, 15 straight games last season was, was the winner. And um, I don't know how well – publicized it was I think eventually it kind of came out but the the Tigers were wearing that hat every single game which if you've kind of paid attention over the years Clemson wears certain hats with certain jersey combinations and at different situations and that kind of thing and 
the first weekend they wore that hat all three games. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I think I threw a tweet out there mentioning it, and uh, Coach Lee actually reached out and basically said that with everything with COVID and the shipping issues and that kind of stuff, the, the team never got their hats from Nike. And so for the longest, they were wearing that hat just out of necessity. And then the Tigers went on that 14 to nothing run. And I believe they did get their hats at some point towards the end of that 14-game win streak. But with with the hot streak they were on, with that being the hat they wore, they did not switch up the hat combination until they lost the game. They didn't want to uh, ruin that bad juju they had going on there. And you could kind of tell, too, that those were the hats they had been wearing in practice. I even remember on like opening day like noticing some of the players' hats like – you got these nice, pristine, brand-new uniforms and jerseys they haven't worn before, nice cleats, and then the hat was dusty and dirty and kind of you could tell it had been worn before, and it, so that it ended all up making sense. So, um, But shout-out again to everyone who participated in this week's poll. Excuse me. Um, the only way you can do that is by following us on Twitter, so if you don't give us a follow, uh, please do on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Now we posted our first video of this podcast uh, last week on YouTube. So uh, bear with us as we're learning the editing process and, and getting them up and that sort of thing. But uh, hit us on all fronts. Uh, but Twitter is our main uh, our main focus where we get a lot of the information out there. It's where we do this weekly poll um, and and join the conversation too. So. Uh, maybe we'll feature some some of y'all's thoughts and, and comments in future episodes. Before we get to baseball, we can't forget our friends over at Pump Monkey, our loyal sponsor since day one, a.k.a. last week. But we really appreciate AP and Pump Monkey Septic Service for uh, joining Ball Talk this season as a sponsor. And I was actually at his place this weekend while I was in town at Clemson and um we're already they're already penciled in as a sponsor for the college football show this year so if you need septic service here in the upstate and want someone you can trust a clemson alumni uh, reach out to pump monkey septic service you can call them you can text them you can reach them on facebook or instagram they're very accessible uh phone number for pump monkey septic service is 864 710 2211 again 864-710-2211 when the dump's funky call pump monkey i'm gonna enjoy doing that line every week i believe all right clemson baseball i don't know where i'm at time wise right now but if i'm gonna hit my 30 minute goal i'm gonna work through this pretty quickly so just wanted to review a little bit of the highlights last last season. Uh, some players that are gone, some players that are no longer that are returning, that kind of thing. Um, practice is full in full swing. If you're listening to this on the day that it drops, we're eight days away uh, from opening day and the start of the Air Package era. Uh, Inter squad practices are free and open to the public. Like I mentioned, I was out there this past weekend. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see. The designated home team, Friday and Saturday, they were wearing Greenville Drive jerseys, the the green ones that they usually wear, I guess, St. Patrick's Day. And uh, then Sunday, either there was a laundry issue or they ran out of uniforms, they wore their camo jerseys. So it was kind of a, a different sight out there. 
And then um, the, the Cajun Cafe's come in to shape out there in right field. Uh, a couple of us were out there kind of working, getting things going out there. I will uh, not mention him by name, but uh, one of the uh, gentlemen out there in the Cajun Cafe, we were trying to get a deep fryer up there for those delicious french fries that uh, is served each game. And uh, they have one of those ADA elevators that are required. And uh, instead of carrying up the deep fryer up the stairs there, we were like, why don't we just throw in the elevator there? Elevator has not been used since last baseball season. And this gentleman gets in there with the the fryer, presses the button to go up, and it goes up about a foot and stops. And can't go back down, can't go up, can't open the door. He is trapped in an elevator with a deep fryer. Now, the, the fortunate thing was with the style of elevator, if you've ever seen it out there before, it's just a shell, and it's open at the top. So we could see him. He could see us. We tried flipping the breaker, pressing all the buttons you could imagine pressing, but nothing was working. So um, he had to stand on top of the deep fryer while uh, me and another guy pull him, literally pull him out of the elevator. So... Hopefully, by the time that this is dropped, that the uh, the universities got out there to fix that elevator uh, and, and gotten that deep fryer out there. So, I guess if you can't get in or out or go up or down in that elevator, I guess the deep fryer is safe in there. So, but a little bit of fun out there. Went out there to kind of help and clean up and and watch a little bit of baseball. Uh, have a couple cold beverages and it got to the point where I, I don't even know if I actually even watched the scrimmage. So. Uh, nothing to report on how scrimmages went this past weekend other than what they wore and what happened in the Cajun Cafe. Uh, 2022, just some highlights. Um, and some of the naysayers could say there weren't many of them last year. And uh, you definitely can make that argument. The Tigers, like I've mentioned uh, a couple of times, started out 14-0, and 0, only to go on to finish 35 and 23. They had a losing record in conference, 13 to 16. Uh, for the first time since 2019, this was a big highlight in a year full of a lot of uh, turmoil. They did sweep South Carolina in the three-game series for the first time since 1999. And in that series on Sunday, the Tigers hosted the Gamecocks and broke a attendance record. Uh, the I don't I can't remember what it was previously, but the new record is six thousand six hundred thirty-six. The cool thing about this this rivalry in this series is the the game at each home team stadium, and then the neutral site one in the middle there. I haven't looked at the Columbia Fireflies kind of attendance record uh, from previous games, but if you go look at the top ten attended games in at uh, Floor Field. Nine of the ten are Clemson Carolina baseball games. I think literally one of them is actual Greenville Drive game. So fans in this state love to get out and support both teams. I remember sitting out there in the Cajun Cafe. Kind of, we were kind of like watching the game. Uh, it might have even been before the game. And over there back behind Jervy, people, students were hanging over the edge, watching out on that balcony over there. And over where uh, off to the, the side of the right field line, where they usually keep like the the BP cage and some of that stuff over there. I just happened to look over and there were like 200 students standing over there. Uh, and I've never seen anything like that. So there were literally people anywhere and everywhere that they could find a space to sit or stand 
last year at that Carolina game. So, and that, that home field advantage uh, made all the difference there. The Tigers lost uh, Max Wagner to the NFL – or NFL, excuse me, the MLB draft, the uh, second round of the Baltimore Orioles. He was a first-team All-American and the ACC Player of the Year. That was one of those guys that he had the option to come back, but you definitely didn't blame him for not coming back because he had a huge season and was able to get that money in the second round and move on. Also, Mac Anglin drafted in the seventh round of the Kansas City Royals, and then Jeffrey Gilbert was drafted in the 13th round to the New York Yankees. And as I promised, I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet this week, so that is all the baseball we got. But before we wrap it up, here is our interview with Tyler Corbett. I'm joined by Clemson Baseball's senior graduate transfer and outfielder, uh, Tyler Corbett. Thanks for joining the show, Tyler. Thank you, Drew. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, you and Chad Ferry got into the podcasting game yourself this offseason. What what was that like and uh, how did that come about? Yeah, we did. That was uh, that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, we were approached with opportunity and uh, we just kind of had to take it. Uh, we saw it kind of as an outlet to to kind of let people know how things are um, from a player's point of view, um, especially with the with the shift in leadership. Um, uh, people were kind of interested in, in how things were running um, behind the scenes. So that was kind of our goal, just kind of just a no filter look into into our lives, especially as as grad transfers too. I mean, um, or as a graduate students. I mean, we we have a pretty pretty laid back uh, schedule. Um, so all we're really focused on is ball. So, I mean, it, and, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. it. It was a great experience. So you and your teammate teammates are about to begin practice for the upcoming season. Uh, as someone who's prepared for their share of opening days and the grind of a long season, uh, what do you get most excited about this time of season? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, opening day, it's, it's hard to beat. Uh, just, just the, just the energy level. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a different, um, type of energy. There's a different mood in the ballpark on opening day. Um, and it's, it's really hard to, to recreate. Um, I think that's, that's the goal after opening day is, is to treat every day like opening day. That's our goal as a team and, um, as an individual, um, just come out there with that same level of energy, same level of enthusiasm every day. And, um, but, but other than that, I think what we're looking forward to is, is uh, the, probably the South Carolina series um, coming to us on Friday night, and then and then the start of uh, the start of uh, ACC play. Um, but I mean, our our first our first thing right now is is Binghamton on day one, and and that's our focus right now. And you're entering your your fifth season as a college athlete, uh, coming from the Citadel. You you had. Uh, uh, this is basically your third head coach at this point. Now with under Coach Backich and his system, uh, what have you enjoyed uh, uh, being under him and, and playing for him so far this offseason? Um, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to mention Coach Backich uh, without mentioning uh, just like I talked about energy, his, the level of energy he brings every day. I mean, uh, it's 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 just full 100% of what he has every day. And, and uh, I mean, the whole staff, Coach Bellinger, um, Coach Knobble, Coach Major, um, they all do a really great job, and, and it's a lot of fun to play for them. And uh, every day is every day's different, and it's um, we, we've had a great time. We've had a great fall, and uh, it's time to have a great spring. 
the NCAA just recently announced their attendance records for last season. And Clemson finished second in the ACC with second highest attendance and 13th nationally. What does that home field advantage at Doug Kingsmore Stadium do for a team? Um, yeah, I think we finished – I think we averaged uh, a tick over 4,000, 4, uh, if I believe. Um, and, I, I mean, the fans like to see good baseball. And I think um, – and and we – it's kind of a give and a take. Like, when, when we're playing good, we're, our, our crowd's here. And and uh, and when we have a big crowd, I feel like that, that also gets us going a little bit. So, um, uh, I – we we love playing at Doug Kingsmore. I mean, there's nothing like it. Um, the facilities just just having our having a lot of orange in the stands. Uh, it's hard to beat. Um, but we also do travel well. I mean, we 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 travel pretty good to most of the away games. So, but but there's it's hard to beat waking up and playing in Doug Kingsmore as a Tiger. Throw a little factor fiction at you. Uh, the smells that are wafting from the Cajun Cafe are a distraction to the opponents and adds to the home field advantage. Is it really? I, it, I'm going to be honest. It adds a little bit of distraction to the, the home team as well. <laughs> I had Coach Backich on the other day and asked him this and wanted to get your thoughts as well. Who are a couple guys heading into this season that, that fans uh, can expect a big season out of from your perspective? Uh, um, I'm really, really excited uh, to see Blake um, play this year. Uh, I know he's kind of been troubled with some injuries, uh, this fall and, and they've been plaguing him a little bit, but I, I wish you guys could see him, uh, behind the scenes. I mean, he is just chopping in the bit every day to get after it. Um, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to mention big season without, without saying Caden Grice. Um, I mean, you, you kind of expect him. It's, 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 tough to say it because it's you don't want to put the pressure on him um and i know that that he uh that he knows it but uh you kind of expect him to put up some big numbers um the usuals cooper angle you expect him to play well um just because his bat to ball skills and 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 how how well he is defensively behind the plate um and then there's also there's also those uh reliables like ben blackwell um I mean, you expect him to have another great season. There's, there's no reason not to have it. Um, and then Riley Bertram, uh, transfer over, and, and he's been consistent his whole career. Uh, he's played his whole his past four years under Backage. Uh, he's comfortable. He's, he's done a, a phenomenal job helping us transition into that leadership. Um, and uh, on the pitching side of things, it's, it's uh, we're really excited about a lot of sophomores. Um, Billy Barlow, Austin Gordon, Rocco Reed. I mean, that's just that's just naming a few of the sophomores that they can have really, really incredible seasons this year and could could have breakout years. Um, just the way they pitch and and the way they command that mound. Um, hopefully, it's going to be special this year, and we all expect it. I mean, other than that, it's like Ryan Ammons. He had a great year last year. Uh, there's no reason for him not to to uh, dominate this year as well. You mentioned uh, Bertram, and then Weiss also came from Michigan with Coach Backage. What's it like having those guys who's played under him uh, kind of, I assume, maybe in a leadership role as they come over here to Clemson? What's that been like working with them? Yeah, it uh, – no, it was phenomenal. We uh, – I think a lot of the guys – a lot of older guys met early on. 
um, and, and we stayed pretty consistent on it, uh, just trying to pick their brains, um, trying to kind of get a look inside of, of EB when we didn't know him. Uh, we all know him pretty well now, but but those first couple of weeks, that, that first month, um, it was uh, – I mean, it was new to everybody. And um, we we wanted to kind of get a look inside of, of what – EB has has taught them the past four years and and try to trickle it down to the the, the younger guys. Because um, I mean that that's that's ultimately the goal was was to kind of have everybody as prepared as possible um, as we as we kind of go throughout the fall and then uh, start the spring. This fall, uh, Clemson had the opportunity to scrimmage East Carolina, and uh, D one baseball came out with their preseason top twenty five the other day, and they're ranked eleventh. What does playing a strong team like that do to help kind of prepare for the competition uh, in a long ACC stretch this season? Oh, that was awesome. That was a that was a great that was just a great matchup, and, and we were all excited for them to come here because I mean we know they've been to I think they've been to four straight supers, um, and they've been incredibly successful the past four years, and I think they they've just barely been able to kind of not make it over that bump. But and I knew that game was special for EB as well. The connection he has with with East Carolina, um, and that relationship he has there. But um, I mean, they came here. They had they had, some, they had good, really good arms. They had some good bats. Um, and uh, no, it was it was it was a great opportunity to play a really good team. And, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, before I let you go, something that really doesn't matter, but I like to do to kind of get to know guys. I think I hit Coach Backage with this. Uh, back over the summer when he was first hired, a little of this or that. So I'm going to throw out a couple options, and you give me your favorite of each. Uh, start off easy with Coke or Pepsi. I'm going to have to go Pepsi. Roasted or boiled peanuts? <sighs> boiled. They got to be a lot of salt on it, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, hamburger or hot dog? Oh, I've been on a big hot dog kick recently, so I'm going to have to go hot dog. Uh, beach or mountains? Beach. Chips and salsa or nachos? Chips and salsa. Uh, midweek games or weekend series? <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> uh, midweek games are a lot of fun, but but winning a weekend series is hard to beat, too. First pitch or seventh inning stretch? First pitch. <laughs> Artificial turf or natural grass? Natural grass. Uh, orange or purple? Orange. Uh, and then last one, not really a this or that, but what's your uh, what's your favorite Clemson hat or uniform combination you've had the chance to wear so far? Uh, my favorite one to wear is the all-white with the sweep hat just because of the, the – I mean, you only get to wear it when you're sweeping. So, I mean, to, I mean it's hard to sweep, man, and you, you don't get that opportunity – uh, very often, and, and when you do, you cherish it. But those jerseys look really good. I'm also a big fan. Not a lot of people are. I mean, some of the guys are, but the, the solid orange tops with the solid orange hat with orange build too. I think that's we. I think it's an underrated look, and I, I don't think we do it enough. I agree. I feel like it's uh, dropped off the last few years. Hadn't yeah, seen I it have. quite as much, but uh, I think we only wore it two or three times last year, and I thought it looked great every time. Oh, it always looks good, all that orange. Uh, Tyler, I really appreciate you joining the show today. Good luck on the season. Looking forward to getting back out there at Doug Kingsmore. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. Thanks to Tyler for joining us today. 
Really appreciate his time and looking forward to seeing him and the Tigers out there at Doug Kingsmore pretty soon. Before I let you go, next week we're going to have real live game action to discuss, review, and talk about uh, after the softball series this past this weekend. Uh, we're also not going to have a guest next week, uh, but have been in communication with a, a handful of folks. At this point in time, I got two guests more than likely lined up for the South Carolina series, one of which former head coach Monty Lee, current assistant at South Carolina. So he's going to preview the Gamecocks for us because, let's face it, I don't pay attention to the Gamecocks except for that one series out of the year. So who else better to discuss the Gamecocks and the and the Clemson baseball rivalry than Monty Lou, who's kind of seen it from both sides. And then here in the very near future, we're going to have uh, former pl- baseball player Kier Meredith join the show. I was hoping to try to get him on for this week, but he literally just left for spring training just the other day. So just missed him leaving Clemson to head off to camp. So like I mentioned, we're not going to have a guest every episode. Next week will be one of those, but we are actively working and getting some guests uh, going for, for future episodes and that kind of stuff. Also, if there's somebody you want to hear from, if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, let us know in the comments. DM us. I believe our DMs are open. So that is all I got for you today. Thank you all for joining me. Look forward to talking to you next Thursday where we'll talk some ball.